Hello, my name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. Two topics this week. All right. Casual remarks, like negative casual remarks. About your child. About your child. Right. In front of your child. That happened to me today at the grocery store. And where what? somebody said, and you know what, but her kids weren't there. But she made a comment like, oh, your daughter is still with you. My kids went back to school. Thank God I was tired of bringing them to the grocery store. Before you get into your stories, I want to talk about our second topic. But I like my stories. I know you do. So okay. just hang in there with your second okay. story. And then the uh, second thing is when, now we're kind of past this because our oldest is four. Okay. But toddlers who um, invade your bed. Okay. The invasion, the and toddler's I, invasion. And I know why we're talking about this because we saw something um, online about whether or not someone should, e-moms. Use, should use a, a gate. A gate. So we'll talk about a okay. lot of different things. But okay. first, our first segment is brought to you by Helping Hands Maid Services. And they do maid services all over the... Chicagoland area. Yeah, basically. Mo- mostly western suburbs. Mostly western suburbs. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and you want to do some self-care, uh, look out for Helping Hands Maid Services. And I got their phone number even, And too. when you say do some health care or uh, self-care, you mean like well, you want to take something off your I list. I was just talking to a mom at the park, and she was exhausted, and her kids were in bed, and she spent the two hours cleaning. Oh, it's so brutal. And, and I you know used that to do that all I the did. time. I mean, and I'm saying it's so brutal because I can relate. Um, she but should take a nap or she should read a good book or yeah, something. Yeah, there has it, to be time for self-care. Right. So the phone number is 630-530-1324. The Zen Parenting discount, just say Zen Parenting, and they'll, you'll get 25 bucks off your first cleaning. Awesome. Check them out. So which one do you want to start with? Do you want to start with casual remarks? I, You know, let's, do, let's start with um, the other one. Okay, well, I'm, I already tell you you're going to be mad at me. Uh-oh. Because I printed out some notes. Oh, boy. And okay. I might even read I off just, of my notes. I just said to you, I have nothing in front of me. I know. And you're you said, oh, it's going to be cup. a good show. So, yeah. Um, Emoms is a Facebook page that we belong to. And there was a discussion on, there was a mom out there who said, I don't know what to do because this kid keeps coming into our bedroom and we need our sleep. Right. And and majority of people um, said you can get a gate and, you know, keep that from happening. Right. And here here's the thing. It's a hard thing to talk about because everyone's at a different stage. You know, kids are, all the personalities are different, the parents and the kids. And so it's hard to say, here's what you should do. And I would never, I would never offer that mm-hmm. because that, that's not fair. Right. What I will offer is maybe a different perspective on the way to look at what's going on when a child comes into your bed. Right. And then maybe that can help you make some decisions without us saying what's good, bad, right, wrong. Because okay. only you can make that decision. Right. Okay. You meaning listener. Um, so we went through a time when my oldest daughter, who's now nine, um, when she was about two, where she started coming into our bed. And initially, my response was really negative. It was very difficult for me for two reasons. Number one, because when I was a little girl, I was very scared in my room. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of feelings that got brought up in me mm-hmm. about the way that she's feeling. Right. So I kind of had that experience of, and I couldn't acknowledge that initially. Now I know that. Right. Um, but I realized that it brought all that up in me. And I didn't want her to be afraid because I didn't want to remember how how fearful of a time that was for me. Right. Number two was that I was with my children or JC and Cameron at that time all the time. And when I went to bed, I needed to be away from them for mm-hmm. a little bit or else I couldn't function. You needed space. I needed space or at least the ability to go to bed without someone touching me in right. a, you know, I need you, I need you kind of way. And, um, so those were two things that were happening. So our decision was for one night to use was it or, one night or it was two like nights? it was a couple nights i think we we tried we got a gate right. is what we, we got a gate say. we, we got tried a gate. the gate method we tried the gate and 
it and it somewhat worked. I mean, she still kind of cried at the gate. I remember her crying a lot. Yeah. And I remember looking at her. You know, I could see her because it was, you know, one of the other options that uh, was posted online was to reverse the locks. So right. you literally lock this kid. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you my two cents on that. But no, we tried the gate for at least one night, maybe two, but it right. didn't feel right, right? It didn't feel right uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, because I felt like her fear was being heightened. Mm-hmm. And number two, um, because I didn't feel completely confident about my choice. Right. I think whenever, as a parent, let's just take it off of the gate for a second. Whenever you aren't sure, it shows up in your parenting. Mm-hmm. When you're like doing something because other people told you to mm-hmm. or because you think it's the only way and you're not really invested in it, it shows up meaning you, you're you not as apt to continue doing it. Your children can feel that, that you're having a back and forth about mm-hmm. it. And so you really have to believe in what you're going to do. Right. And that, that's why I'm not a big believer in books or other people telling you how you should parent because you've got to be invested right. or else it's not, it's not going to take and it's not going to help your relationship with your children because right. you're going to be kind of parenting inauthentically. Right. You're going to be doing it because that's someone else told so you So I think if I can project what you're trying to get across is when we did the gate thing, right. it didn't feel good right. to you. Even right. though we tried it. In, in, and even though I wanted to preface it by saying i understand why people need that space because well, i've been there well and probably at the time you were nursing cameron so right. you'd have to go get her right. two or three times in a night it's a lot of work so it was a ton of work so i understand the chaos of or the uncomfortableness of having a kid sleep with you right um and at the time i think we had a queen size bed and when you have a queen size bed and you're nursing a kid and then another kid shows <laughs> oh, up you run out of real estate very quickly right and here so here's what i want to say um is that when a child is afraid and they start coming in your room, I feel like the first step is to talk to them about it. Not in a, you shouldn't be afraid, mm-hmm. or you're too old for this, or giving them your big sob story about how you're tired, even though I know you are, again, because been there. But is to talk to them. Tell me why you feel you want to come in the room. You know, what's going on? You know, what what's changed? You know, um, and they may not have some solid answers, especially if they're two, three, or four. They're very young. But you want to at least, instead of jump right away to the solution of they shouldn't be doing this, again, this is a relationship. Your child is afraid. Your child does not feel safe in their room for some reason. Mm -hmm. And for example, um, you know, I can give you some examples that uh, the girls over the years have told me they felt unsafe. Number one, one of my daughters felt unsafe because her fan looked like a spider. And what did we do about that? We covered it up with a a, a sheet. With a fitted sheet. With a fitted sheet. And that helped a little bit. Which seemed like the, not, I was going to say It frustrated thing. you at the time. Well, it was just weird. It's a fa- like, like I was an adult. I was in my adult brain. How can you in the world be possibly afraid of a fan? Because they're, they are in their imagination constantly. Right, right. And so everything looks like something and their brain is developing and they don't know what's real and what's not. And, and it, it, it's just where they are. It's, it's and, developmentally appropriate. And, and what about the parents who say, well, you know, the kid's going to have to work through fear. <laughs> and if by us covering up that fan with a fitted sheet means that this kid's going to be a wimp when it's 20. Well, I don't agree with that. I think that, I will say very bluntly, I think that's a parent's fear, and that's um, putting our issues on our kids. If our kid is afraid of something and they're telling us, Mm -hmm. um, it it doesn't mean that we can always take it away. Sometimes Mm -hmm. if they're much older, it's something they do have to deal with, but we can still listen, acknowledge, accept, validate. We don't need to tell them, make them feel worse and tell them why they shouldn't feel that way. Because if they're telling you they do, then they do. Meaning... 
even if you don't agree, right. it doesn't make it any less true. Right. So, um, so that's one thing. Another thing um, with another one of our daughters, when she was feeling afraid, um, we asked her, what do you think would make you feel safe? And she wanted a big stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. So we um, went to Target and we... You know, look, and when I say big, I don't mean like huge, huge, but I mean something that she felt like she could like really maybe hug. Maybe the size of a pillow or something like and that. And she found Pipey. Yeah. We never know why she named that it's like elephant a little Pipey. elephant, and she said Pipey. Pipey. She just, that was his name. And so Pipey came home. And Pipey's that, still that was, with us. Pipey is still there. Um, it's a big elephant. So that was helpful to her. Um, and see, now a lot of parents would say, well, see, they're just trying to manipulate and get what they need. It was my idea. Right. You know, I was like, would this make you feel safe? So it wasn't something that we felt like we had to use money to solve the problem it was a if do you think you would feel safe if you because i had a big stuffed animal when i was young right. and she knows that because it still lives monkey. in our room monkey and so you know by the way monkey is in fact a stuffed monkey he is a stuffed not monkey. a real monkey but it, but you named this monkey stuffed animal monkey yes quite the leap well there, i got monkey when i name. was two and now i'm 41 so monkey monkey's been here a long time i just don't know how you came up with monkey because like it's a Pipey, monkey. like like JC should have named it elephant. You just said I don't know how you came up with monkey when it's a monkey, and I was two. I know I you got it, but even you had a pet hamster, and you probably didn't name it hamster. But I got the hamster when I was like um, six or seven, and so I had more some more. Are you uncomfortable with the fact thoughts. that I'm calling Monkey out? No, no, I love Monkey. I have no issues with Monkey. I love Monkey, too, because you love Monkey. Anybody who, all my girlfriends who I um, lived with during college, they all know Monkey very well. And sometimes they would steal Monkey, and they would put him places. And think it's funny. And kidnap him, and, and I never thought it was funny. And you got serious. I got very serious. One time, I really laid down the law. I think we're going to put said, a picture of Monkey on this podcast, so <laughs> I people can see what Monkey looks like. And Monkey's like. got a little bell in his ear, so you can always hear when mm. he's in the room. Anyway. He does? Yeah, he's oh, got a bell. That. Yeah, that's I like that bell. So anyway, th- so that was something that we did. And the, I think the most important thing is that instead of getting into a place of it shouldn't be this way, you know, like you, my kid, they slept in their bed two nights ago. Why do, why do they want to sleep with me tonight? Don't get into the why, because this is a growing child. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can ask them the question, but instead of getting angry and frustrated and thinking it should be different or getting out your Dr. Weisbluth book and saying, but... Normal kids don't do this. Right. It, you know, that's none of that's true. Your child that night is having an issue. Maybe it'll last for two days. Maybe it'll last for three months. But deal with it um, in a way where you can have a respect for their experience. Right. You know what I mean? I do. Because we're still experiencing this, you and I. Well, and the thing is, our youngest is four now. It's a, it's a it's such a a flowy dynamic. Yes. Like when your kid, when you have like a three month old. Sometimes you can't have the two-year-old in there just right. because it makes your life go from really difficult to impossible. Right. So, but where we are right now, and you know, we're, we're missing about three or four years of our experience. Right. There's so many things that have happened. But almost every night, one of our kids comes sure. crawling in, and I love it. Right. But at the time when I was five years ago, when we were sleep deprived and everything else, I was all about, hey, we need our space. And so, what did we do? We let them come in, but they could sleep on the floor. Right. Because again, my history um, with being afraid and kind of understanding my kids and knowing what they're needing in the moment is that if they're really afraid, I don't. I want them to have a tool, mm-hmm. and I want them to use some of their own tools first. Mm-hmm. But I don't want them to ever feel I'm not available. Right. And I don't. Some people will disagree with me and say that's not the way I do it, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But this is what I came to: is that when my children are afraid, 
they have their books, they have, you know, their stuffed animals, whatever. But if they really feel at a loss, mm-hmm. I want them to know I'm always there. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll say, you know, and there's been actually a few nights in the last year where I've said, I absolutely need my bed tonight. Mm-hmm. So if you come in, I need you to be sleeping on the floor That's or right. bring your sleeping bag and in. And the thing is, these kids, um, you know, there's something magical about being 10 years, 10 years old or less because... You can sleep on the floor when you're 10 yeah. and not wake up sore. Absolutely. Like I sleep on a nice cozy bed sometimes and I wake up sore because mm-hmm. I'm 40 years old. Mm-hmm. I get sore. These kids, they can care less if they're on the floor or on concrete. It's just amazing and they have no idea how good they have it. And, you know, I just think that that adds a lot to their own sense of well-being and safety mm-hmm. is to know that that's always something they can do. Right. Is that we are always there if they can't quite get it to get, you know, if they're just having one of those nights. And we have also found that they um, have started to sleep with each other. Right. You know, there was a time when the three of them were sharing a room. So they, they, when we were in our rental house, so they're used to that. So right. sometimes they, they lean on each other, which is great. But I think what this comes down to is I think Todd and I could tell a story from every single angle, times when we didn't want kids in the bed, times when we said sleep on the floor. Now where we're like, we don't care if they come in in the middle of the night, but really you have to think about a you know, make sure you're attentive to what's going on with them and right. don't guilt them or shame them into telling them they should be different. Right. That's A. And then B is to making sure you're doing something that you feel like you're not going to be resentful of mm-hmm. your children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because obviously you need private time in your room too and you have to carve that out. Right. You know, if you have an experience where the kids are always in your room from the moment you go to bed till the moment you wake up, that can be challenging on a marriage. Sure. So there's got to be some kind of... Balance. Balance. You're always about balance. I am because there is no there is no answer to this. So is this like no? There is no there is no, no simple solution. Simple but solution. I am going to give some other ideas, but I'm not going to give them quite yet. Uh, Are you going to read off a sheet again? Maybe. Okay. And this is a partnership, so you're going to have to back off from my. You know need. what? I just read a quote that said, um, "I'm awesome." That is that the quote, and that the best way to show love is to is for the other person. No, the way that you know you're feeling really loved is if you're feeling free. Right. Are you feeling free? As long as you let me read off my piece okay. of paper. I'm going to let you read because I want I, you to feel free. Thank you. But before I do that, our second uh, segment here is brought to you by Tree of Life Chiropractic. Tree of Care. Life Chiropractic. Our um, favorite uh, chiropractor, Dr. Kelly. Chirotree.com. And the number is 630-941-8733. And um, if you're having any issues, um, it could be something regarding back, you know, traditional issues, but also your children with ear infections, immune system, um, overall feeling good. It can feeling be... good. I did. It. I got. I'm in the massage club now. Yeah. Forty nine bucks for a massage. If you get a second one in the same month, it's thirty nine bucks. That's for talk an about hour. feeling good. So, anyways. All right. So, Dr. Kelly Tree of Life. So, here's a few ideas I have. Um, one is regarding um, difficulties with kids sleeping. Okay have a plan and ha- and stick to the plan before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. Don't I remember you and I used to make plans on the fly like that night like like at 2 in the morning. Like who's going to get it or how long are we going to let her cry? Right. Not a good idea right. to come up with a plan right. then. So come up with a plan before you go to bed and stick to it. And trade off. And trade off. Because can I just say sure, this real ahead. quick? A lot of moms um, who stay home will say because my husband has to work, I'm going to get up. Mm-hmm. I understand that and I probably did it a lot more than you did, mm-hmm. but understand that you're going to need a good night of sleep too to do your work right. and that occasionally Occasionally, you need to ask for that help. Right. And I'm just going to say that to empower you to, you know, when you're having a night where you're like, I just need a full night's sleep, to ask for that help. And 
um, I'm going to just assume that your husband will, of course, be willing. That's right. Because us husbands, we're good. We're you good are. Peeps. There are. There's lots of great husbands out there. So at the risk of sounding judgmental, we never did the reversing the locks no. thing. Um, that just talk about not feeling right to us. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have done it and they say, hey, it worked because the kid couldn't get out. There's just some type of energetic thing that goes on when you reverse the locks. It makes It's making my head tingle. Um, it it it. They can't get out. They can't get out. And they can't get to you. I know. And it just did that. We got to remember that sometimes we want to solve a problem in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like we want to yell at our kids because it'll solve it. Or, or, you know, we've talked about spanking on the show. It'll solve it immediately. But what are the long-term implications of that? Right. What are they, you know, you're, you're like, I need to get some sleep. I'm going to solve it this way. Reverse the lock. Go to bed. See ya. Mm-hmm. But what, what are they taking in from that right. over the long haul? That they can't get out, that they're trapped, and that they can't you're not, get you. You're not accessible. You're not accessible. And, um, and, and again, sometimes people, they don't even look at it that way. So it might be an aha. But... Well, and people look at it as a very practical solution, you know. Well, Pro- that's what I mean. Like, you get it done. Problem, kid coming in out of his room, problem solved, lock him in there, and everything is fine. Mm-hmm. And it might be at the expense and you know the whole well that's what happened to me and i turned out fine i think we've explained that enough <laughs> yeah let's say. like let's let go of that because the thing is is remember as parents there are things we were parented a certain way and our parents did absolute best they could in the time that they were in and they you know majority of us did a great job right there's no sense in going backwards but we also as parents today need to continue evolving right. and finding the best ways to help our children be um, fully integrated and healthy and emotionally and physically. And I don't know if it's emotionally healthy mm-hmm. for a child to feel like they can't leave a room. Right. I, you know, literally. Not. I mean, it's one thing to say you have a timeout, mm-hmm. you don't even need to stay here, but they have a sense it will be over soon. Mm-hmm. If you're locked in your room, I, I don't know. Personally, as a 41-year-old, that would feel scary. Well, and I think the locks is, is more extreme. The less extreme is the gate, right. which you and Where I they tried. Can see. But the gate is more something like, um, I think of those leashes that the, ki- the parents put on the kids at the airports. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something about gates and dogs and leashes. Like, <laughs> this is a little person. Right. This is not a, a little animal. Mm-hmm. And this is a person who has a brain, who has feelings and has consciousness and mm-hmm. all these other things. So I'm not a big fan of the gate. But having said that, we did try. We did try, and there were. And one other thing that I wanted to share because this is something we do with Skylar. Um, <laughs> forget it. I'm not even going to say it. We just got distracted by something, but it's not worth it. Oh, the lawn is being mowed. Um, anyway, uh, Skylar ha- has a difficult time falling asleep. Um, sometimes she'll come downstairs and she'll say, "I'm scared," and all I have to do is go upstairs and tickle her back, mm-hmm. and she falls asleep in about ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, old school, I could have been really. Um, too tired to even do that because I know parents when you're just like oh my gosh I'm done they're upstairs I need to be done I can't do anymore so again I understand that mentality but if you can just kind of take that deep breath and do 10 minutes of uh, back tickling um, that's that's one way that Skyther falls asleep um, this is kind of off subject, but the whole putting to bed thing, I've been tired lately putting these girls to bed, mm-hmm. I, even though you probably do more of the work than I do. But I think putting the kids to bed should not happen at the end of the day. And I know that's a, a paradox. It doesn't make any sense. Right. But to it takes a lot of discipline to be good at putting kids to bed at the end of the day because mm-hmm. we're spent. Right. We've exhausted our resources. And yet the putting to bed thing, sometimes they ask us for a lot of attention. i got to sing like five songs to Skylar. you got to read books. Mm-hmm. Like I almost feel like putting them to bed at 5 p.m., even though you're not really putting them to bed. And then when it's time to put them to bed, 
just say, we already did this. Well, you know what? It's what so, do you think? It's so funny that you bring this up because this is why I'm always saying we've got to get the kids in bed by 8. And sometimes you're like, I want to go take a walk with them. Right. Or you're like, you know, we're, we're in the middle of this show or whatever. And the whole purpose for me is I need to be done. Right. And if we're going to keep extending it, like, well, they don't have to go to bed till 8.30 or tonight we're going to make it 9, then I'm not done. And so that's part of the reason you and I are having this discussion right now in the air, but why I need to know that 8 o'clock, everyone's upstairs. And so I can, and I'm not saying, like you said, I'm not saying that I'm literally done because usually there's glasses of water or back tickling or I can't find this, you know. And it seems like such a, at the end of the day when you're laying on the couch and you think you're done and all of a sudden somebody says, I need water. And it's like the worst thing they could ask. So I think I want to put them to bed at 4 in the afternoon. (laughs) And then, you know, do everything with the exception of actually laying them down, but read the books and give them the water and sing them songs at four. And that way, when it's time to go go to bed, we're done. Well, and we're getting closer to that because our two oldest daughters, you know, they read their own books now. So it's not like we have to sit there. I mean, I used to have to sit in a chair and have them all on top of me reading books to them. And now uh, Skyler's really the only one who needs that. The other two enjoy it occasionally, mm-hmm. um, but they really like to go read their own books. So Thank goodness. I know, but I agree with you. It is, at the end of the day, there's something about knowing. It's kind of like when you're in the car and you have to go to the bathroom and then you are trying to get the in the house. The closer you get to it, yes, the worse you have to go. the worse you have to go. It's the same thing where when it's bedtime... When you've decide when it is bedtime, you're done, right? And you just don't have the tolerance you had the hour before. Yeah, my bank account is gone. It's gone. It's and, at zero. And we and I am very honest with the girls, where I'll say, "Girls, I literally have nothing left. I got nothing for you. I got guys. nothing for you. You know, like you know, if you need a glass of water, I we've put cups in the bathroom. Right. Get Go your own. You know, because I don't want to get into that arguing and not being nice. I want them to All know right. where I am. So, uh, so this imam's discussion. Uh, page was really good okay um and i want to throw out some solutions to you and you let me know what you think about each one of them. Oh boy okay. all right i don't so know what these are this lady named krista she said we had rules taped to the wall above his bed lay down close your eyes stay in your own bed which they'd recite to recite together before uh, every night and if they did that then he'd get a prize well you know i i love the idea of having kind of some things that they can um do every night mm-hmm. like a routine like uh i made jc a book uh very similar to what krista said where she would just flip through the book and it would have pictures of your you know you're safe here's your family um you're loved have sweet dreams I remember that. so she would read that every night so i love that. that's a great book mm-hmm. okay next one um this isn't anything for you to comment on but i've never read this but somebody came up with a book called sleeping through the night by jody mindel maybe that's something good. okay so it's similar it's a routine right. reading a book about sleeping through the night uh next one or I, that might be for parents i don't know oh okay one of those books, oh i see it's books like a with words book. okay um the next one she leaves her bed you put her immediately back in it took about five to seven nights to basically okay. train her to stay in bed but it worked okay and you know again this is it's different for every family and i don't i think that if that works and your child is content meaning that they're like okay i'm gonna stay here then mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. i don't think that that's uh wrong you know right. i don't really have any that was from anna this one's from rachel she okay. says that we take sleep over fighting and when she shows up between two and four, she gets in. That's kind of how we are. That's kind of how we are. I, and because it doesn't bother me. The thing is, is I'm not, you know, when when they come in in the middle of the night, I often, we have a king-size bed now. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I don't even know. And, um, and sometimes, especially for our middle child, I think she comes in because she doesn't ask for a lot during the day. Right. And I think that's her time right. to kind of get a little closer to mom and dad. And, and with that understanding, it's a, it's a time I appreciate too. Um, Catherine says, we stayed in their room if they were scared for about five or ten minutes until they felt safe. 
uh, we felt just like we just felt like once we open that door, it's hard to go back. And at the end of the day, my boys just need to feel safe, and that's the key. Great. You like that one? Yeah. Um, and then this last one, pediatrician recommended the same things because once you let them sleep in your bed, it's very hard to undo. Uh, I don't know I if think, that's always true. I think that's a little rigid. It is, and I think maybe for some kids it is, but our kids have gone back and forth. They've gone a year without coming in, and then they'll come in for a little bit, and then they won't. I think that it's called life, mm-hmm. and I think that if we get too focused on if I let this happen once, it's going to happen again as parenting in the future, right. like we've talked about. you right. got just got to be present. Right. You know, There are going to be times in their life where they are more afraid because of what's going on in their life, right. and instead of saying, well, I'm afraid if I give you more attention, tonight you'll need it tomorrow I, I don't know if that's a great way to think about it agreed so i'm with you um so i think we should go to our next topic but last but not least uh, we have to talk about uh, i know this it's too funny can we say what's happening right sure. now sure Okay, you know Mr. T, Mr. T, who, who the, we tree, love? the tree cutter downer guy. Yes, who is our lovely neighbor? He is right now in a, out of the kindness of his heart mowing our lawn. Right. So it's very loud outside, but he doesn't understand that we're doing the radio no, right he now. Doesn't. Thanks, Mr. <laughs> Thanks, T. Thanks, Mr. T. Our last uh, partner is Avid. Yes. Painting remodeling through Chicagoland area six three zero nine five six eighteen hundred. Their website is avidco.net. Help us out. If you need any painting or remodeling done, give them a call. And my parents are absolutely in love with Avid. They did all sorts of stuff in my parents' house, and it looks beautiful. And um, they're just wonderful, professional. So this is what I want to do. I want to talk about uh, anything upcoming you have, maybe your books, my tournament of bad, and then tease what we're going to – because we have a new format where we – if you're listening live – uh, the show is going to basically end at the 29 or 30 minute mark. But if you're listening on Stitcher or iTunes or anything like, like that. Like on demand. On demand. Good word. Thank you. Um, that our producer told us to use. Uh-huh. If Not podcast. Li- if you're listening on demand. On demand. Um, you'll get the last 10 minutes because we're going to jabber about some other things yeah. afterwards. So um, we talked about Avid. Um, do you have anything you want to promote? Um, let's see. How about your books? My books? Well, I have two books. I haven't talked about my books in a long I am starting my third book. I have made that decision. Well, you've been writing it for a long time. I know I have. You need to put it all together. Exactly. I shouldn't say I'm starting it. I'm working on it. Um, but the, my first two books, Self-Aware Parent, The Self-Aware Parent 2, it's basically stories like the ones we talked about today, you know, just about challenges we've had, but a different perspective on the way to look at things in parenting and how to take care of yourself. And, um, you know, I, I was on WGN last weekend, so that'll How'd be that fun. Go? It was did, good. Did you say any bad words? I, I didn't say any bad words, but I, we were talking about sex education, and on WGN radio, I said penis and vagina. I know. And it made me laugh, but I had to do Why it. Why did you have to do it? Because I was talking about how parents need to use real words when they talk with their kids, and they have to use the the appropriate language when discussing body parts. And I said, like penis and vagina. But if someone would have told me two years ago, I'd be on WGN saying penis and vagina. I would have. Uh, WGN is one of the biggest radio stations <laughs> in the country. Yeah. And you're giving the penis and the vagina talk. <laughs> I know. And I said to Bill, who's the host right afterwards, I said, am I going to get in trouble for that? And he goes, well, if you did, it would be a problem. He's very supportive of what we talk about. Always. He's a fan of yours. He is. He's and wonderful. so am I. Well, thanks. You're welcome. Uh, so this is the tease for our last segment of okay. the show that you'll only be able to listen to on demand. All right. Um, casual remarks about your children in front of your children. And why that can be harmful. And why that you're a bad parent if you ever oh, do that. Oh, don't listen to Todd. Not a bad parent that you maybe need to rethink your language. Right. So that's what we're going to talk about. But my tournament of bad, I think I have a few different things. Uh-oh. My first one is wool turtlenecks. <laughs> Any- I'm laughing because anytime I see a wool turtleneck, I think about you. 
whoever buys and wears wool turtlenecks, either I don't understand, but the the, the wool, the fabric of wool. It's just kind of harsh. It's the worst. <laughs> like, who would ever want to wear wool? It's like, oh. Well, it's warm. So then maybe you go layers below. Sure. Something like People that. People like to wear their wool sweaters and, and maybe wear something soft And I, I used to go wet water rafting a lot. And, and wool, they would always yes. say to wear wool. Yes. Because, because it doesn't absorb the water. Exactly. So, yes. But to do it with a turtleneck. Like, I can't stand turtlenecks and I can't stand wool. So you put when, them together, they're no good. When I first met Todd, he wore extra large shirts all the time because he always just wanted comfort. Extra large Now he wears t-shirts. large and medium. Right. Things that fit a little better. Yes. But he he doesn't like anything tight around his neck. No. And then he doesn't like anything. Freedom. Freedom. In the words of William Wallace, freedom. Or George Michael. Or William Wallace. Okay. Um, and then the other thing is people who I call them, they don't answer. I leave a message on their voicemail and then they call back before listening to my message. You're talking about me. I'm talking about you and anybody I else do who that. does that. If someone's it's called rude. me, it, rude. rude is R-U-D-E. a strong word. Rude. It's not rude. If you just called me and you left me a message and I call you right back, then we can straighten it what out. What if I left like a three-minute message and all you have to do is listen and then you won't even have to call me back. Maybe but we're going to have to discuss it maybe anyway. Not. Maybe it's, hey, would you mind picking up the girls because I'm running late? Well... Then I can call you and you say, do you mind picking up the girls? No. Or you could just listen to the message. I just, I, it's not that I don't always, wait, it's sometimes I listen to the message. It just Good. depends if I'm going to call, if I can call the person right back, it's just, I feel like using my resources not wisely. I know. I know. Let's be efficient. Okay. I'm all about efficiency. Well, that's what I'm saying. I want to be efficient. Instead of listen and call, I just call. All right. Keep going. That's bad. Okay. The tournament of bad thus. Um, well, that's kind of it for the live version. Okay. So now if you uh, want to hear about these casual remarks, uh, stay tuned and listen in. But if you're listening live, go uh, listen to it on demand on Stitcher or iTunes. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Have a good week, everybody. All right, so now I kind of feel like we're free. Okay. Like we're done with our partners. We can kind of say whatever we want. All right. Because the only people who are listening, once again, are the people who really like us. Okay. So for the three of you out there. So we can say anything we want and they'll still like us? Exactly. All right. Um, So this came from a... um, an article. A- article that you saw at Dr. At, Kelly's. Actually, at Dr. Kelly's office. And the name of the magazine is Pathways. And it's such a good art, uh, magazine, and um, I highly recommend it just because most of the articles are written by chiropractors. Like, it's a very chiropractic-centered, um, uh, focused magazine. Holistic. But at the same time, it's holistic in every way. So mm-hmm. it's the, it doesn't just talk about that. It talks about, you know, parenting and relationships, and it's just really wonderful. I, I agree with its perspective quite often. So but what's there was, the gist of the article? There was an article that... Um, it was about how when we're making casual remarks, remarks about our children in front of them, how we're not conscious of how it could be affecting them. And I've thought about this a lot prior to reading the article because it's very normal socially to kind of put your kids down in front of them. Right. And I'm not quite sure why that's so normal and okay. Can you come up with some examples? Yes, I can give you a few. The okay. one that I talked about at the beginning of the show was today I was with Skylar in the grocery store and a mom walked by and said, oh, isn't your daughter back in school? And I said, no, blah, blah, blah. And she said, oh, mine are back in school. Thank God I was so ready to you know be done with them. Now, the thing is, is her kids weren't there for that, but a lot of times kids right. are. And my daughter heard it. Right. And then there's the, this is what I always hear parents do. Parents have a very hard time.
hard time taking a compliment. So someone will come up and say, wow, your kids are so great today. They're so cute or they're so well-behaved. And the parent will say, well, you yeah, here, but yesterday. you should see them at home. Or you should have seen them an hour ago. Or they're real jerks at home. What about saying thank you? Yes. And, why, and in front of your kids, to put them down like that. I think sometimes we're detached and we think they don't care that they know we're kidding. And I mean, I can't tell you what they're feeling about it. All I know is that they're human beings and that they love you and that you're saying that they're a pain in the butt. Well, there's two things. One is I don't think we have um, appreciated how magnetic these kids' brains really are. Yes. I think as parents, we kind of think that... Oh, they're not paying attention, so right. they don't hear it. Right. I think they pick up on everything a hundred times more things than uh-huh. we give them credit exactly. for. And a way to test that is if you're in the car and you say casually in conversation, and you're not even talking to the kids, you say, "Let's go get ice cream." Ice cream, ice cream. They right. will hear it. They hear so that. They word. know. Mm-hmm. So that's like the practical um, version of it. But there's a deeper, energetic, spiritual part of it too. Right. And I feel like these kids, even if they don't understand the language of your words they still receive any negative jargon that you're throwing. Well, and I also, you know, I'm really putting the parents on the spot here because why are you saying those things? I I mean, it's one thing to be flustered or frustrated and be kind of silly. You know, you're using your personality and you're being funny. But when you're talking to strangers or other people and kind of ripping on your kids as if they're not there, um, and again, Sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And so having this conversation, if you're listening to this right now, you might want to check yourself during the day and check say, yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> I knew I knew you were going to say that because it's an awesome phrase. because you say it all the time and because I'm awesome and that too. Yeah. So, you know, like really notice when your kids are present, how in the, again, it's one thing to be silly and funny and to goof around, but it's another thing to just say something very blatant like, well, they're a pain in the butt or it's so much easier when they're not here or I wish I didn't have to do this or I can't believe I have to be here. And they're there. Mm-hmm. you know. And we just have to remember that with our children, yes, they are children, but we have a relationship with them and they are human beings. And go ahead. I want to I steal something from the lady who wrote this article. Because okay, it, it, sure, it, go ahead. It's directly what you're saying. So this is the hidden message. This is Okay, what the it, hidden it, message. This is in quotes. She says, I can talk about you all I want when she's, talk, she's talking about I can talk about you. So you're is this about from the, the parent this perspective? from the parent okay. to the child. I can talk about you all I want. And since you're just a child and you're not listening to what I say anyways, you're not worthy of the same respect I'd give another adult. Wow. Besides, this is how I really feel about you, and I don't care about your feelings. You're just a kid, so your feelings aren't important. Wow. That's, I mean, that's pretty harsh. That is. But I'll bet you that a lot of people think well, that Well, it's way. the unspoken feeling. It's like, you know, um, the... Uh, how Mr. T's coming to the door. He, oh, he's... He's coming to the door. Okay, um, so, bye, Mr. T. It's the thing that may not be said with words, mm-hmm. and it may not even be something they can articulate. Mm-hmm. That's but the it's, energy. I exactly. Think. It's the energy of it where you're a kid. I'm going to say whatever I want about you, but if you say anything negative about me, you're going to get a timeout or I'm going to yell at you, and I'm going to say things to adults that aren't kind and not even think about you being there. And again, we're taking this to extremes, well, but it's important to think about it. And here. the thing is, and another thing the lady says in this article is, to whenever you feel like you're about to say something you know negative about your child first of all you shouldn't say this negativity about your child in the first place but if he's there that's 10 times worse right so you don't want to say it at all but if if you do say it make sure they're not around and my example i'm going to give is 
kids will want to hear positive things. So when you're about to say something negative, just turn yourself around and say something positive. And my example of this is even we as adults need to hear positive reinforcement. Always. And the example I'll give is you and I have been going to the Daily Method, which is an exercise place that Mm -hmm. we go to here in Elmhurst. And every now and again, a teacher will say, good job, Todd, or whatever. Yeah. That is such, isn't it? I mean, Empowering. It's empowering. It makes Makes you want to work harder. And and that's me as a 40-year-old who really doesn't, who thinks that he might not care about what the instructor is saying. But when she says something positive, you're darn right. That's going to motivate me to do better. These kids at this tender, young age, if you say something positive, and now it has to be real. Right. Like you said, you can't just say something good. You're the it, most beautiful kid in the whole world. Not, that's not that's that. ridiculous. It's, right. Give me, what, what would be an example would be? It's like an authentic thing. Jake. Um, I just noticed the way you shared with your sister. That was really kind. Right. I just noticed the way you handled that when that happened to you. Mm-hmm. That was frustrating, but you handled that very well. It's something real in the moment. Mm-hmm. It's something, it's it's not about making them better than other people. It's not about giving them false praise, because mm-hmm. that's what everyone gets worried about is false praise. Well, and the example I'm going to give is JC plays soccer. She's not the best kid on the team. She's not the worst kid right. on the team. And, She's a teammate. And we don't say... JC, great soccer game. You're the best one out there Mm-mm. because it's simply not true. And you know who knows that? JC knows it. <laughs> but what you say is, I really like how you worked so hard or how right. fast you ran. Right. You... Or that assist mm-hmm. that you gave. Right. That's why the goal was there. Right. You know, that's why that goal was able to be made. And those things are true. Right. I'm watching that. She did do the assist. And so it's like pointing out the things that she did do mm-hmm. that she did well. Yeah. And, um, and that's it, basically it comes down to what we always talk about in any relationship. I see you. Mm-hmm. I notice you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you. I validate who you are. And I love you. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of things that, that can we do that perfectly all the time? No. no. But can we make choices to not do the opposite, right. which is put someone down because it feels socially more acceptable? Because that's the thing is, if it's one thing I'd like to shift, is the, ex- so, the socially acceptableness, is that a word? It is now. Of putting yourself down, putting down children Mm -hmm. and then everyone like gets that and laughs about it you know and when i say putting yourself down you know like oh no i really look horrible oh no you know you know Mm -hmm. that whole thing's such a game well and we've said this on the show before but i think a lot of parents would criticize even what we're saying because they would say well when is this kid gonna learn oh they're learning every day and they're learning every single day whenever they (laughs) step outside this door there are i mean this is going to come out sounding negative but it's it can be seen as a cruel world. And what I mean cruel is like people sometimes aren't nice to each other. Well, negative things are happening. Positive things are happening all the time. But our children are facing challenges constantly. Every single day. So our goal is to make a safe, Safe place to live. Positive place to live. That way, Mm -hmm. when they know when they walk in these doors, they're not going to get made fun of. They are home by the definition of home, which means I am accepted, I am safe, I am loved, and we don't have to be the ones to give our children challenges. Let the rest of the world do that for them. My daughters go over to the park at night. And they're over there for like 10 minutes and they usually come home with one story or another. Mm-hmm. And so they're, fa- you know, and then they go to school and they have challenges that we don't even see. They go to their whatever um, sport they have or dance they have or whatever lesson and they have challenges there. They're dealing with stuff constantly. They deal with loss. I mean, they lose soccer games. Yes. They're, they, they lose sc- pets. They screw up at a performance. They, I mean. Difficulty with friends. I mean, we could, the list is innumerable. And so that's the thing is I think as parents, we think we're supposed to make them tough by make by making tough situations or by being hard on them and really that just gives them lack of that inside strength that we're trying to build as parents we're trying to help them have that um that deep place that they can pull from right and 
you know, so I just don't feel like we should take away. So this was a really good article, and I feel like I should give the author props. Okay. I mean, this is an old article. I think it was written in 2008 Yeah, or this is an like old that. magazine that was uh, But there. the name of the magazine is Pathways. The name of the lady is Elizabeth Pantley. Oh, Elizabeth Pantley. She's written a lot of books, like, about sleeping. How ironic. Really? She's written the No Cry Sleep Solution. Uh-huh. So, yeah, she's well-known. I didn't know that, but this article mm-hmm. was from... Uh, spring of 2008, but she is the president of Better Beginnings, Inc. So. Yeah, she's um, she's a well-known author, and oftentimes people pit her against, um, you know, Weissbluth or someone that has a more rigid sleep schedule, and we talked about sleep at the beginning of the show, so that's interesting. And we did Weissbluth, didn't we? I bet you we, we like this lady We did more. all three. If oh, you look at our bookshelves, we have so many different things, and really you just take what works and throw the rest away. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, at the risk of upsetting anybody, we read many books, just and like And kind of did said. our own thing. And then grabbed what we liked and and it was different for each kid that's right you so know? there's no way to there parent. is no way there is not the way there is only the way that works there's no in way the to parenting parenting is, is the, way. the way and you got to stay here mm-hmm. i it, it i can't be said enough you can't do things so this won't happen 10 years from now be present for what's happening and i don't even know if this is a quote that i heard or if it's something i believe myself but it's true if you are here today parenting and you're present for what's happening, you don't have to worry about the future, mm-hmm. literally. Right. I, I don't believe in worry anyway, or it doesn't mean I don't do it, but right. I know it doesn't help. Right. Um, but you don't have to be focused on the future if you're here parenting, mm-hmm. because things will be okay. So I feel like this was a really good show. Yes. Um, hopefully the people listening are still listening at the 40-minute mark. Yeah. And if you do like what you hear, just do us a favor and like us on Facebook or share our page with your friends. Or review us on iTunes because if you didn't already know this, we are the – or last week we were the number one um, new par- parenting and- podcast on new and noteworthy iTunes. Sure. And I think a lot of that happens, number one, because a lot of listeners, but also because people put reviews. Mm-hmm. And they put nice reviews. They do. So um, if you wouldn't mind doing that that would be great and um and we really appreciate you listening and we appreciate all the uh, feedback and connection we have with you on facebook so please keep um talking to us keep trucking keep on trucking. do you have anything else to add or is that it i i think that's good i'm right. feeling um complete are you feeling complete i feel like we any more truck. tournament of bad no just okay. the wool sweater the wool turtlenecks and uh listen to my messages okay so send out a lot of wool turtlenecks for Yikes. christmas for right. the holidays adios okay have a great week Thank you.